0: Please excuse the first five minutes sound quality on this podcast. Hey, Coach Thor here at thorholt.com, co founder, hazakcoffee.com, and investor at bubblebog.com. So, yeah, the big idea of this show have you heard that old expression, silence is golden? Well, the the whole expression is apparently, speech is silver, silence is golden. And it was written by Thomas Carlyle back in 1831. But we here on Thorholt Presents, we say, silence isn't always golden, but freedom sure as hell is. It's the difference, in fact, between North Korea and Denmark, for example. So Thorholt Presents is going to be bringing you a caffeinated conversation today with my old buddy in business, Harsh Deep. Singh. He's Director of Operations at Cloudwick, based in London. And Harshdeep, or Harry as he uh, he prefers me to call him, Harry's a a Sikh from Northern India, but he is most definitely an honorary Scotsman, honorary Glaswegian, you'll see what I mean. But uh, Harshdeep was uh, definitely a breath of positivity today in what is a bit of a bleak corona landscape, and we did touch on that topic. So without further ado, here's Harry. How are you, sir? Very good. Thank you. How are you. pretty good just getting hunkered down and corona ready.
1: <laughs> well, I'm I'm hoping you're not buying the toilet rolls.
0: No, I already bought them for Brexit. <laughs> <laughs> All right,
1: that's good. So I I can use the that's, same store. That's a Brexit. Brexit rolls now turning into a corona roll. That's correct. Are you
0: are, are you a Brexiteer? <laughs> I
1: I am
0: Anything that divides anyone—that's <laughs> a—that's a politician's answer. Uh, harsh, harsh deep for PM. I like it.
1: No, harsh deep, harsh deep for PM. And uh, you know, I, I learned that quite quickly uh, in, my, in my first startup that I did. Uh, you know, this was universities, and at that time, Scottish independence was going on. So we talk about Scottish independence was going on, and this was a this was an event where all the universities. The year uh, counsellors had, had come in and you know I was trying to sell my product there. Cool. And and they said, How about Scottish independence, you know? And I was like, uh and, and <laughs> there are people from Scotland and people from England sitting there, right? And and I learned quite quickly that I cannot have, you know, very black and white answer in front of people. So yes, keeping it diplomatic, but I don't love the the idea of separating something which is a great union.
0: So, when I was in Delhi a few years ago, supporting an anti-slavery charity, I ran into a young Sikh guy who was actually from London, but he was in Delhi visiting his grandparents and he yes. he turned around in the queue for the plane home to Heathrow and he said yeah. he was like, all right, mate, so what way did you vote then in Brexit?" And I thought, "No. Yeah. <laughs> what am I supposed to say? <laughs> Whatever I say is going to be the wrong answer." But it turned out he was a, wrong he thing. was a very um very keen Brexiteer and he told me that his other like family and friends um were yeah. were all Brexiteers too. So I just think it's yes. it's surprising sometimes when you Actually, dig into it with people who voted that yes. way. How did we meet, Harsh? Can you remember? Was it was it during that first startup back in Glasgow? Or absolutely, absolutely. So I think we met at
1: uh, one of the events that Scottish um, so SIE. I uh, I don't remember their full form now. Uh, Informatics Enterprise Scottish Institute for uh, Enterprise, maybe. Absolutely, an- Scottish Institute for Enterprise. Yes. And they had invited you as a guest speaker to motivate all the budding entrepreneurs in in the room and I remember one incident where you had said, uh, you know, my name is Harshneep and I had corrected you to say, um, you know, you're you're going to rape my name.
0: I'm going to (laughs) what your name? (laughs) 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 Rape. <laughs> <laughs> what is your name then? You say it right How how am I meant to say it? It's Harshdeep Harshdeep H It's Harshdeep So H-A Is
1: not pronounced as Ha yeah. It's pronounced as Her. Huh. So huh? Harshdeep
0: Harshdeep Harshdeep Yeah Oh man I don't know if this Skype in, line is in, good enough for the intricacies of your name.
1: <laughs> well, that's why I made it Harry for you. You used to call me
0: Harry. Oh, we'll go back so. to Harry then for the rest of the call. So what's, what's been Our happening, team. Harry, since we last spoke? You, you're you working with a different enterprise now, aren't you?
1: Yes. Uh, so in I think when we started, uh, so in 2011, I came to Scotland uh, for my studies. That was my master's in uh, business and management course at Strathclyde. And again, you know, from there, the journey started into that, you know, entrepreneurship. Um, Strathclyde has a really good, you know, uh, a really good system for entrepreneurs and really good mentors in there. Um so, and I met uh, my co-founders there. So again, you know, that startup, we went into the post-revenue Part and then you know had to exit uh, due to some of the uh, challenges around the visas. So yes, so from there the journey started and uh, I came to this organization where uh, I was approached to say you know would you uh, go ahead and open up uh, the business for Cloudwick in the UK um, and and that's when the journey started. So I started off in in Scotland uh, um, back in 2016. The story started uh, around uh, Cloudwick. Well, I think the the formal opening was October 2015. Mm -hmm. Uh, But uh, we were in full flow in 2016. Uh, And that year also meant that we had to come where a lot of our business and stakeholders were uh, and the customers were um, so we we shifted to london uh, two thousand sixteen uh, august was the was the time that we
0: came to London. So from the end of two thousand and sixteen so basically just over three years, you've taken it from what a standing start zero to what in revenue.
1: So uh if we have taken this to uh 0 to uh, a 2 million plus business now um,
0: turnover and is that 2 million plus turnover, turnover
1: yes 2 2 million plus turnover yes
0: well done how did you do that what's the abc of doing that i'd like to know i'd like my coaching <laughs> business to be a 2 million turnover go for it <laughs> educate me fella <laughs> well
1: uh again i think the
0: the organization had
1: a model which which was quite successful in the us and um I think one of the one of the good things uh, that the business also had was uh, quite a few channels were already established uh, in terms of you know partnerships with with the organizations, which are global organizations. Uh, so my aim was to uh, replicate that model here, and, and that model is very simple. That model is, you know, go out in the universities and hire people who are, um, you know, who have good communication skills, who have good technical skills, you know. Get them in, and you know uh, train them and coach them and and get them ready for for prime time with customers. So that's the consulting part of the business. That's you know quite simple, uh, but at the same time, the challenge is always that you know we are in a market where uh, technology is evolving, technology is is you know growing every day and and you have to keep abreast of that technology advances that are happening. And that's what we did. Uh, so we were continuously evolving our own uh, team. you know our workforce was continuously in that mode of delivering, plus also learning. and um, and and that's how I think uh, the the dots kept connecting and 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 uh, we now have a team of um, you know twenty uh, odd people. Uh, who are delivering uh, some really amazing things uh, for customers, and uh, they're doing a great job. So,
0: do you do you, so, you rely on partnerships uh, as yes. well? Then, so like strategic partnerships, would you describe them? How do you set those up? Absolutely. So, I think the the channels that I'm talking about.
1: So, we have we are very uh, sales light organization. Uh, we, we rely on partnerships and. Uh, the channels uh, are more around the strategic partnerships for for our sales. Mm-hmm. So, you know, in the technology business that we are in, so we, we focus very uh, core on the big data side, the so kind of the data analytics, which is one of the kind of fields that people are now, you know, very much focused on. Every organization wants to be a data-driven organization. Yeah and how do you become a data driven organization you know th- these are the questions that i'm having on a day-to-day basis but um for on the sales side we we developed partnerships we grew partnerships uh we, we got in um, you know uh, at the organizations with uh, with the credibility that we had built in the us uh we were able to bring that over we were able to learn and deliver the technologies but yes, I think those strategic partnerships that we've had um, are the key to our success in terms of the sales. Uh, and as I said, you know we are a very sales light organization, uh, our pipeline and uh, you know, we are very much organically grown as well, so we don't have much outside investment. Uh, the whole of organization is uh, a 20 million plus revenue business. Uh, so I think we have grown quite significantly with the with the partnership model that we've had, and and we have some really good partnerships. I think that's one of the key things that I have uh, I think adopted, learned, and now I'm uh, you know engaging with the partners on a day to day basis to to grow those partnerships. So how,
0: how do you actually do that? Because I mean I can certainly remember bonding with you over a curry, yes. and I would definitely, you know, be... I would definitely think of that as a great relationship-building strategy. I know it sounds a bit, a bit simplistic, but bonding over food, meals, etc. But literally, how do you uh, maintain and grow those relationships? Is it a phone call? Is it lunches out? What, what would you say is yes. the secret to that?
1: I think it's, it's it's you know, meeting other people um, and telling them the story that you, you know, uh, you've had and what your story is. And I think people um are really amazing at at you know listening to those stories i think the people that i've met the people i i see uh you know on a day-to-day basis um that's one part that you, know, you have to keep that passion alive to say you know yes this is my story uh, this is who we are and this is you know why that complementary nature of the organizations, you know you're worth partnering um, I think that's something that you have to tell as an organization, and and the other organization itself. Again, you know, it's a it's a win-win situation that you have to create for the organizations. It's something that you have to bring on board and let the other person, you know, uh, you know, uh, evaluate and and see that you know this is the partnership worth having, worth growing. Um, and and this happens over you know multiple face-to-face meetings. It is you have to put that. You know, face uh, to the name, you know that you're carrying, uh, and you have to meet people. Um, and something that uh, that you know evolves into you know going, uh, you know, to corporate lunches, inviting people over to eat your team, uh, you know, taking your team to their offices, having those you know working lunch sessions with the with the teams. I think all of those things really bring uh, you know both the organizations together. And then, you know, you can actually form those um, partnerships in a in a much stronger manner by taking a go-to-market together and saying, you know, this is our go-to-market together and this is how we want to kind of, you know, focus. Um, and I think that part where I said focus is, is a really big uh, point because there are many organizations out there that you want to partner or they want to partner with you. Um, but at the same time you know you have to choose your focus you have to uh, focus your energies into building a successful partnership you cannot do that if you have you know all the organizations that you're going out and partnering so i think that's that has been the key as well that we have focused our uh, relationship building on a few organizations where we have done a great job uh, as an organization to go out and deliver that story and kind of you know grow that story as well so yeah I, I would say you know curries is a is a great way to connect and we do that with our customers as well as with our partners um but yes food brings you together um, as as does the you know the uh diversity that that is there uh, within the food and and the diversity that that is there, with the people. Well, hold on, that you I've, know, I've got to stop
0: you now because uh, <laughs> you've used one of those buzzwords that everyone loves in the industry. Like, what does diversity mean? Like, I I'll give you from my point of view. I wouldn't think, oh, uh Hirsh Deep's a great guy, uh, and I need to include him in a conversation because he's Sikh and got browner skin than me. I would think Hersh <laughs> has got an interesting point of view, and I'd like to get his point of view. End of. I don't. You know, to me, it doesn't matter what, whether you wear a turban or have different coloured skin to me. But I don't know if it's, you know, it's not. It's not often about that with this diversity thing. Sometimes it's, well, we have to have this many of this type and this many of that type. So, what's your thoughts on it if you're allowed to state that without breaking some company policy?
1: Well, I think it's uh, you know, as an organization, we are we're very much in you know, as they call it, another buzzword, an agile organization. You know, we we try and move fast. Uh, we love to engage with people who are competent enough um, and can be a great uh, part of the team. And it does not matter for us, you know, what uh, where you come from, you know, culturally where you are from. Uh, all that we care about is you know you're competent enough to be a part of the team Uh, and and we can actually grow the skills you know the technical skills can be grown uh, but the attitude and some of the other you know soft skills that you know you bring with yourself and and that's the I think the diversity itself if you look at you know uh, bigger organizations the corporations you know they have a target of you know this is the cultural diversity that we need to have this is the gender diversity that we need to have I think in in our organization we are we're very focused on you know the person itself yeah. rather than the the diversity in terms of you know the gender or the culture uh, but you know an example of my team I have you know gender diversity plus also you know cultural diversity so you know people from three different continents coming together working as a team, you know going out for food outings um you know having different kinds of foods um having different kinds of you know um, conversations of hey you know this is something that we do in our country this is something that we do in our country and all coming together to celebrate the festivals that are there um across different um, you know countries and continents so i think that's a that's a great way of kind of building a team yeah. because um, you are bringing not just different cultures together. You are bringing different thought processes together uh, with the gender diversity. You are bringing, uh, you know, something that um, you know I, I've I've always felt between men and women. You know, women have more emotional intelligence. So you're bringing emotional intelligence into that picture of having more women on your team um, and and kind of you know. Um, Enabling that uh, culture of saying you know we 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 have a lot more uh, you know cultural plus gender diversity within the team I think that's that's a great way of kind of putting together um, a team that you know gels together delivers and and you know is uh, is competent enough to to understand the different challenges that the customers are facing. Um, and uh, empathetic enough, you know, to to work with the peers and bringing them along. So I think that's that's the way that I have built the team. Uh,
0: well, I, I in, love it. Um, yeah. I, I Hush, I, I I um completely agree with that. I'll give you an example from the other point of view. Is I was working with a, a VP of a big company, and he told me that his biggest challenge in presenting in a town hall meeting this global company. He said his biggest challenge was that people were from all over the world, all different languages, and he just couldn't get through to everyone. He found it really hard to message. Yeah. And yes. then a few minutes later, when we we're discussing the the kind of core messaging he wanted to use in the presentation, he said, well, our diversity is our greatest strength. And I started yeah. laughing. And I said, you, you're not aware there might be some irony in, the, in this situation. You've just told me yes. that your biggest challenge is that you've got this diversity of all these people from all these places. And and he did see the irony of it, but he insisted he had to have that in his messaging. Now, what you said yeah. made a lot more sense to me because you're talking about people being competent enough to be part of the team. And if they happen to be women, great, because that'll bring more empathy or whatever it brings. And if they happen to be from, you know, X, Y, Z religion or culture, also great, because you get that interesting mix of opinions and people. So I love yes. the way you guys are, it sounds like the way you guys are handling it. Just while we're on um, interesting people in different places, I wanted to make sure I asked you about curry recommendations because you recommended me a great place in (laughs) Glasgow so now you're in London what is the best curry you have found in London
1: absolutely I think uh, when I came to Scotland uh, back in 2011 I I, again with the with the diversity that I saw there um, I was just mesmerized Um, uh, in Scotland you have some amazing curry places you know um, I, I know Ashoka as a chain um of, of restaurants. Ashoka. Um, Ashoka, yeah. yeah. So, um, Ashoka West End. Uh, you have Green Chili uh, in West End as well. Green Chili Cafe. Uh, you have Ashoka Bearsden. So, um, a few guys, uh, you know, um, Indian background, uh, you know, North Indian background, uh, they came together and kind of, you know, built that chain. Yeah. So you have Balbirs uh, in the West End as well so you, um, just uh, close to the Glasgow Uni, uh, so University of Glasgow, you have uh, Balbirs. Balbirs? Um, How
0: do you say it? Bal-
1: Balbeers. Balbeers. Balbeers Yeah. Uh, B-A-L-B-I-R-S Balbirs. Balbeers. That's an amazing one. Uh, you have Usha's just opposite Balbirs. Um, it's U-S-H-A so Usha um, so I think many great places in, in, in Glasgow. Uh, I haven't explored the other places, uh, you know, whether in prague or, or Dundee or Stirling, although I'm sure there are many of them. Oh, you're there. such a diplomat,
0: Harry. Come on, Harry. <laughs> Just say, they probably all suck. Glasgow is the place for curries. So what about what about London then? What have you found in London? Because I'm always looking for a good uh, restaurant recommendation.
1: Yeah, London is... is you know, in, in terms of the the overall area that you are in, you know, uh that's where you want that curry house to be. Uh you know, you have to travel at least forty to fifty minutes if you're on a different part of the uh of London. So, you know, in central London you have uh some near Charing Cross and Leicester Square and you know all of the Soho uh, uh part you have some really good restaurants which are, you know, authentic uh, uh, and give you some really amazing food as well. So, you know, you have a chain called Dishoom's, Uh, uh So Dishoom, Dishoom. Is, is
0: really... With
1: the N or M yeah, at the end, D-
0: November or Mike? M. Mike. So Mike. Dishoom. Yes. Dishoom. Cool.
1: Dishoom, yeah. yes. Dishoom's is, is a really good um, place um, to have your curry and then, uh, you know, you have your so i think I've, I've found quite a few restaurants in in london who are doing um you know something which is a little more uh not very authentic but a mix mm-hmm. of different um you know uh curries and and spices and bringing some innovative you know types of curries as well so there's there's a place called hanky's cafe um so uh, like yeah it's like a handkerchief so you call it a hanky um h-a-n-k-i-e-s, hankies cool. uh, but hankies is you know an innovative way of calling um, an indian bread which is called a rumali roti so you know um rumali, rumali roti rumali roti yeah so rumali roti oh, is roti, yeah. um yeah roti is a bread and rumali is a very thin roundish um, Bread, uh, which is not cooked on, um, a, you know, on a on the simple pan, uh, but it's on uh, a surface which is oval. So you know, on um, uh, the uh, I don't know how you say it's it's a tandoor. So I think um, I'll have to look it like up.
0: A, like the, a hot plate the, or something. Like a hot
1: yes, plate it's a top. hot plate. Yeah. Yes, absolutely, it's a hot plate. So. I think that's the, uh, those are few uh, restaurants I think uh, in central London. And then you have, um, you know, a lot of these uh, uh, restaurants uh, in, in South Hall, so near Heathrow, uh, which is, uh, you know, a great mix of um, Indian slash Pakistani food uh, coming from that North part of, you know, um, Indian uh, region, Uh, and you have some really amazing restaurants on the Broadway. So the whole, uh, that stretch of road is called the Broadway. And if you go there, you have, uh, you know, a mini North India, um, you know, that's set up within London, uh, and it's called South Hall. So you have a lot of um, Sikh temples around, uh, and you have a lot of, you know, food that's um, um, including the street food of India, you will
0: find it there. What well, you you're a practicing Sikh, right? You, you. Yes, yeah. I am. What does that What does that mean? Like, give us the thirty second version of that, because it's one that, it's one of those religions you don't hear that much about. We hear obviously yes. a lot more about Islam these days, and obviously yes. many people in this country already know a fair bit about what they possibly do about Christianity. But what, yes. what does it mean to be a Sikh? Well, uh, to be a Sikh, I think it's it's uh, you know yeah, everyone
1: has their own you know definition, so. Sikhism is a very um, young religion in, uh, um, you know, if if you uh, differentiate between the religions when they evolved and when they were formed, Uh, we are a religion which was formed when uh, Glasgow Uni was already in, you know, in there. So, you know, Glasgow Uni already was there, 1451, uh, what, what? hold on hold on you, Sikhism <laughs> was formed
0: after Glasgow University is that what you just said absolutely yes <laughs> wow. I did say that Right. Yeah.
1: 1451 is when uh, Glasgow Uni came into being mm-hmm. and 1469 is when the so in Sikhism we have the concept of a guru and um, a learner so a Sikh is a learner and a guru is a teacher so right? can I call so you Guru Hari then
0: for this podcast title
1: <laughs> well, I'm, I don't want to be because you know gurus are uh, people with immense knowledge, and I I don't claim to be
0: one. So I'm no, I'd I'm be a, I'd be naming I'm you my guru. I, I'm naming you the guru. You don't have to make the claim, Harry.
1: Let's let's be the okay, learner. Okay, learner, uh, learner. Prefer to be a learner. Um, you know, Sikh is a learner uh, who who is you know seeking knowledge yeah. from the guru, and uh, so Sikhism was formed. Uh, you know. Back in the day when uh, the religions that were mainstream religions, so Islam, uh, Hinduism, uh, already existed, uh, and and there was a belief system that the gurus, the teachers of of Sikhism, had, and the belief system was, you know, in uh, you know questioning the some of the, uh, you know, things that were going on in these religions uh, at that particular time. They don't exist today. Some of them do. But the the core principles were, you know, everyone's equal, right? Which is, you know, everyone says that, yes, everyone's equal. Uh, every religion says that. Uh, but we, we had to kind of take a step forward to say, you know, um, yes, everyone's equal, but also women are, uh, you know, much better than men so let's say you know what you uh, hold on hold on the, you're telling me
0: Sikhism yeah. is is the you started feminism is that what you
1: no so we, we
0: didn't start feminism
1: but we started uh, providing that view that how can you term uh, women uh, is is not good because you know some of the things that were going on the religions uh, was men were superior than women mm-hmm. um, and 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 the the belief one of the beliefs that came in within sikhism was um you know that women uh, how can a woman be uh, uh, you know less superior than man when she gives birth to the kings yeah good good uh, point good and, question and, and and that's 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 the whole belief around you know both are equal uh you know and how can you term someone less superior when that person or you know women has um the ability to create a, a living being you know a king comes uh, from the women so i think that was the thought process
0: that that kind of is a is a key governing principle yeah it's pretty revolutionary and for that time i would have thought absolutely
1: at, at that time i think the
0: there were no women i just saw
1: you know um a, a small video of a picture back dating you know 16th uh 17th century with with people standing um in the same alley of you know glasgow uni and they were all men yeah all men in there and that video showed uh, a recent picture of all the women standing in the same alley and they said hey you know this is your i don't know it was 18th century or um you know, uh, an old picture versus what is today. So I think the the thought process was to question that part and bring women into that mainstream. So I think in order to do so, we were given uh, you know very specific names as well. So the surnames, if if you go for Sikhs, you have a Singh and you have a Kaur, right? So you for for each of the Sikh that you will meet he will have a sing in his last name singh yeah. which is a lion it's and, a lion yeah you know, yeah it's it's termed as a lion right uh, again very revolutionary um, and then you have uh, you know cars uh, which are you know princesses so Kors. how do you the, how do you spell that k a u r k a u r
0: okay core yeah.
1: yeah so for every woman uh, who is a sikh woman uh, she will bear a last name which is car uh, in her name and that means you know uh, princess so i think the the thought process was that let's bring everyone in that equal stage and let's give everyone um, um those names the the turbans that we wear um uh, you know as an article of faith so we have five articles of faith that we we wear um, um a baptized, um, baptized sick so we have Uh, You know, baptism uh, that a Sikh goes through. Not every Sikh has to go through it. So I'm not a baptized Sikh, but I am a Sikh. Um, So I carry some of the articles of faith. So you have, you know, your turban, you have your small comb that is there uh, for, uh, you know, keeping your uh, hair uh, clean and, you know, combed at all times, uh, covered with the turban. Uh, Then you have your kara, which is your, uh, you know, a steel uh, uh, bangle that you wear. So so that is, uh, that reminds you of the good deeds that you have to do. Um, And, you know, because, um, again, you know, that was one of the parts, which is, you know, you you should be remembered that this is your strength, but also something that you have to, uh, you know, be... uh, do good and kind of be helpful to everyone. Um, and then you have, um, you know, uh, a kachera, which is uh, uh, a long underwear again, you know, which is your. Uh, uh, the, and then there's a kirpan, which is a small dagger, which is a symbolic like, uh, representation of, you know, that you have to help the.
0: Helpless. So that so that um, small again, dagger, can I just check? Are you still allowed to carry that? Like can you take that on an aeroplane, for example?
1: You can you can take it on an airplane, you can take it any parliament. Um so you know, Scottish Parliament, uh I think three, four years back, or I think eight years back, when I was there in Glasgow, um, they passed a ruling that you can actually take the dagger inside the parliament. Um, and then you have your so daggers can be taken at any airports, um, on any airplanes, and in any uh, so most of the countries, uh, they have allowed that as a as an article of faith wow. that you can actually carry with you. That's
0: impressive because, like, so for example, this might be a silly question, I don't know, but would yes. would I be able to become a Sikh? Can people become a Sikh, or do you have to be born into it? Yes.
1: No, you can actually become a Sikh, and I I've seen a lot of people who. Um, you know from different parts of the world different you know uh, disciplines and uh, different religions have become Sikhs but there is there is no um, you know there's no active motion that you have to become a Sikh you know there's there's nothing that uh, the world will be a better place if you become a Sikh you know it's just the principles that you have to um, you know uh, adhere to or or the principles or the beliefs. I think that you have to create that belief system. And if you like that belief system, you know, feel free to become a
0: Sikh. So you say uh, you say that there's not it's not actively proselytised. Maybe there aren't people out there trying to push for a better world through Sikhism But if if the absolutely. if it's about everyone being equal and women being just a, just as superior as men, and if people yes. are as I don't want to be weird about it but if people if if most sikhs are as uh easygoing and friendly as you maybe it would be a better world if we if more of us were sikhs all joking aside Absolutely. i'm not i'm okay. not joking <laughs>
1: <laughs> well i think it's it's the belief system um uh, you know we we believe in service we believe in um you know bringing everyone together so if you go to a sikh temple you know you will um I think I'll, I'll come over to Scotland or you, if you come over to London, I'll, I'll take you to a secret. Yeah, I'd love to do that. And you will That'd see, cool. you know, you will see that, um, you know, we, we sit on the ground. Everyone sits on the ground, um, you know, regardless of their caste, religion, background, uh, their status, anything. We sit on, on the ground, same place and have food. You know, oh, I'm in! Mean, you've you just sold know. it
0: to me. You've just sold the religion. Now I know there's food involved. I'm in. do I sign will... up? I get a dagger and food. <laughs> Are you kidding?
1: <laughs> no signing up. Just uh, you know, just follow those principles, and and you have the teachings of the gurus already. So would I be? Would I become uh... a,
0: core, a core or a sing? If I was to convert,
1: you you will be a sing, uh, you know, because you're a man, you will become a sing Ah. and.
0: and, Oh, so uh, it's bisex, right? Okay, so it's sing and core. Okay, got
1: it. And a core. So just to differentiate in terms of you know the 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 last names, Uh, but again, you know, some of the some of the women do bear sing as their uh, surname as well, which is not wrong, Uh, and they're you know. They, they do that. Well, look, so
0: look, Harry, this is a, this is definitely a date. Next time I'm in London, we are definitely going to meet up, absolutely. and we're going to do. I'd love would, to visit a Sikh temple. That would be I would amazing. To. I would love to. And then we'll I get. I'd love like to take you. And, and then we'll get a curry. Um, so absolutely after and, the coronavirus after has bugged off, hopefully.
1: <laughs> but yes, absolutely uh, after the coronavirus threat is over. Uh, but uh, but yes, I think in in terms of Sikhism, we had uh, you know ten human gurus. And um, and the eleventh guru was a book, or is a book, Hmm. um, is a holy book, which is called Guru Granth Sahib. Uh, Spell that. Guru Granth Sahib. So Guru G U R U G R A N T H Granth G R A N T H Sahib Sahib is just um, the word for you know pronouncing someone who is very superior and uh, Ji is another respected word, so Guru Granth Sahib Ji. But that's, so that's the Guru that everyone prays to. So, you know, when we bow our head in front of, uh, you know, anyone, it's the Guru uh, Granth Sahib Ji that we are bowing our head to. And that book has about uh, you know, fourteen hundred odd pages, so I think fourteen sixty-three. Uh, I'll have to check. Uh, but the the whole book is all about the teachings uh, that are um, you know from different um, uh, gurus, different people who are uh, there in terms of um, you know who have been. Uh, you know, it it could be a so there are Muslim teachings, so so there are Islamic uh, people uh, where the teachings have been taken and put into the Guru Granth Sahib Ji. Mm-hmm. There are Hindus, uh, so Hindu uh, Hinduism or the teachings from Hinduism have been taken and put into Guru Granth Sahib Ji. So any, it's any a Christian mix ones?
0: of any. I am not so sure. <laughs> no, but it's interesting that there's a mix, though. That is, yeah it. i think it's the the mix is uh, because of
1: the fact that if you you know if you look at the indian or uh, the indian subcontinent region you have these languages you know arabic farsi and some of the other languages uh, you know urdu uh, which were very prevalent at that time so and then you have you know uh, punjabi which is the north indian part of the language uh, and it has Uh, the script is Gurmukhi Um, again you know regardless that's that's a that's a way that that they wrote it at that time and many translations have been done over over the past three I think 400 years now Uh, many people have come in and many people have translated those into different languages so I can read it in English Um, Yes, yeah. you can eat in English. Yes, absolutely. I had a, I had
0: another question. We'll need to wrap up in a minute because my listener's patience probably doesn't run past forty minutes when when my voice is chiming <laughs> in. But um, oh, I was going to ask you about you mentioned something geographically about North India uh, at least a couple of times, and I wondered which yes. which part of India are you actually from? So
1: I'm from
0: um, you know within
1: North India. I'm from from a city called uh, Patiala. P a t i a l a uh which is uh, not so close to Amritsar which many people know I've heard of that one because you know Amritsar is, is is a core city for Sikhs because one of our um you know biggest uh center for um uh, it's it's called the Harmander Sahib uh, which is a Sikh temple so one of the five um you know main temples that we have so yes so uh, 3 hours from amritsar and 4 hours from delhi so
0: you're sitting in this city in north india and you just wake up one day and think i know what i'm going to do i'm going to go to glasgow university <laughs> how did that happen
1: <laughs> well it it was it was something that was a decision after i had my four years of you know industry experience i said okay you know i need to go to uh, a university and do a masters and and that's when there were uh you know one year masters is what i was looking for i was not looking to do a two years masters because i thought you know two years master is going to be a waste of time um so uk was the the choice uh, because you know you have your one year masters and you can complete it and then shortlisted to strathclyde um somehow and and there I am I'm on a plane and uh, you know coming and uh, landing in Glasgow was it raining and it's suddenly... always raining in Glasgow Harry well, was it, it raining it was raining. <laughs> it was raining it was raining it was raining and, and the funniest bit was I sat in a taxi and the guy said you know where is where are you going you know and, and um, in in his strong Scottish Glaswegian accent and I'm like I'm suddenly feeling i I'm, I'm, I'm I've come into a wrong country yeah <laughs> and i am I'm, I'm completely unhappy. i thought I'm, i spoke like, english sorry
0: <laughs> yeah
1: i sorry you know and uh, and he said uh, you know a couple of times he repeated that and i said wait a minute you know let me show you where i'm going and and i actually handed him the floor and he said okay you know sit back and relax and i'll take you there and after that my experience with with the Scottish people has been just amazing, you know. Well, that's good to hear uh, because people...
0: I I thought that all of us in Britain were screaming racists because I read it in the newspapers <laughs> that we all hate people from other countries. Is that not your, been your experience? <laughs> no, no, not at all.
1: It's uh, it's one of the countries that I love. I think uh, the UK as a whole, in fact, but Glasgow, um, which, is, which has been my city for about you know six years, uh, I just love that piece. Uh, you know, so much diversity, so much. Acceptance so much inclusivity, uh, I think it's just amazing. Uh, you know, all the glass region Sikhs as well—they uh, speak some strong Scottish accents—and <laughs> and I'm like, amazing, wow, you know, uh, they have a turban on and a Scottish accent. I'm like, that's 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 the way to go.
0: <laughs> so what what's the what's the uh, the end game for you? Would you say like, are you would would you plan to go back? To India at some point and do something business wise there, or do you think you'll be happy to stay in the UK now? You mentioned like a visa <laughs> issue earlier, but I'm guessing you overcame yes. that because you're still here.
1: Absolutely, I think I I I had to overcome that uh, you know that that part because all my network was here, and I'm I'm you know running a a successful operation here, and the country has given so much to me i think uh and and i would like to continue and and you know go on that journey as much as i can um at the same time again you know you have a relationship your parents are there in india and you have you know you want to go back at some point in time and to be with them so i think it's 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 still a journey and and you know um what you're doing is you're on that journey and you know uh, planning that out as as the day progresses. Yeah. Uh, 2020 was going to be an amazing year, but coronavirus
0: is, is messing it all up. Yeah, I think <laughs> so... I, I've got great belief in you though, Harry. I think you'll be able to keep building those strategic relationships uh, over over the uh, over the internet or whatever through video and calls because sure. you're a you you're quite a character. Like I couldn't, I wasn't quite sure how we <laughs> met each other, but you're just one of these guys that just gives a sense of kind of comfortable conversation and warmth and that is one Excellent. of the things I value about you so it's good um, to thank good you to very have, much no, cool man same it's the same good thing good to have joined you on your on your journey and uh, I really look forward thank to you. catching up in London soon and thanks for coming on Absolutely. on my podcast my friend you're one of my thank s- you very earliest much, guests star. so uh, um, fantastic thank you very much thanks,
1: for, to you. for getting me here and um, connecting with you after a long time I think it's been it's been wonderful great thank you
0: I'll see you soon, Harry. Cheers, mate. Thank you very much. See you soon. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Again, my sincere apologies for the sound quality. I think there's a problem with my headset mic, which I didn't realise before. When I tested it, it seemed fine. So my apologies. That won't happen again. I have a fix, but I didn't want to put Harry through the trial of another hour with me. I'd already had to put the thing off once before. So my apologies. See you next time. So I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Harry as much as I did. I think key takeaways for me were around Harry's view of diversity and people being at least competent to be part of the team, but really having the right attitude and about how you could train the skills. And it didn't really matter what culture people were from as long as they were willing to adapt to the culture of the business, which... Sounds like Harry's doing a fantastic job of. The other takeaway for me was about strategic partnerships to sell. So being really light on the sales uh, in terms of kind of being a pushy salesperson. But yeah, having a strategic approach to partnerships, which I I found really interesting. Also great to hear the curry hotspots of the UK. And now it's time for today's poem. This one was actually written in response to my... I guess, growing frustration at modern life. Self-censorship, actually, and the the onrushing social credit, kind of social shaming culture that we we are experiencing. Let me know what you think. It's called Plugged In. Existing for your credit scores, hammering social justice whores. Plugged in, played out, tuned in, social clout. Speech silver, silence golden, only extremists bolden. Shy, merry, meek, mild live free or perish child so yeah if you want to find out more about my coaching then get in touch at my website www.thorholt.com or connect with me on LinkedIn and of course enjoy a Hazak coffee while you do that Hazakcoffee.com. that's spelled H-A-Z-A-Q sure don't need to spell coffee and most important please remember your silence isn't golden but your freedom is. Cheers, and I hope you are well stocked up for the current corona crisis hitting uh, the Western world. All the best. Speak soon.